This is the Equip Podcast from Cornerstone Church of Ames, a podcast designed to help you live a gospel-fueled and faithful life wherever Jesus has called you. Welcome to the Equip Podcast. My name is Mark Vance, and today we're going to talk about fasting. Now, I want to first give a brief definition of what fasting is about, then give some biblical rationale behind what fasting is and why it is a tool in the Christian life. And then I want to call you specifically to some ways of fasting and prayer this fall that I think God would have us as his people, and in particular, the God's, I think, calling us here at Cornerstone Church towards. So let's talk about what fasting is first. So fasting is intentionally abstaining from or limiting something in order to give more time, attention, and energy to prayer and worship of God. So specifically, most of the time we think about fasting, we're thinking about intentionally abstaining from or limiting food intake, not eating lunch in order to spend the time we would have spent eating on praying. And so in this, the type of fasting I'm talking about is not primarily a medicinal fast, you know, like, well, I'm going to try fasting, you know, intermittent fasting or something like that as a weight loss plan trick. Frankly, I do think there's some fairly good evidence on that. I am not a medical doctor, and even as we talk about fasting, I'm just going to say this at the front, at the outset. If you have an issue with eating food in general or how you approach food, if you have a medical condition like diabetes, uh, something like that, I, I actually think fasting can be more than food, so I want you to listen beyond just food, but I think you might need to ex- seek the advice of your doctor or just a wise person before you dive deep in this, especially if you're thinking about longer fasts. Uh, take some time to learn and do this in wisdom. So I'm not here talking about weight loss gimmicks or something like that. I'm talking about here intentionally having less of something so we can express more of our longing for God. It's an intentional limiting of having what is good in this world to remind ourselves that we don't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And when we think about a biblical perspective on fasting, I think uh, the most important verse in in the New Testament on fasting is Matthew chapter 9, verse 14 and following. I'm going to read that. It it says in Matthew 9, 14, when John's disciples came to, to Jesus, to him and his disciples, they said, why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? So pause. Some people have read just that verse and said, see, Christians, the disciples of Jesus, we don't fast. But Jesus goes on and gives a very good explanation here. He says in verse 15, Jesus said to them, can the wedding guests be sad while the groom is with them? The time will come when the groom will be taken away from them. That is, Jesus will no longer be, and then they will fast. In other words, the wedding grooms, once the bride, once the groom, once the wedding party's in the room, that's when you feast. So Jesus is in the room. The kingdom of God is present with the disciples. So therefore, that's not a time of fasting. That's a time of feasting. The kingdom has come. But the time will come, and this is the time when we are living right now, right? Where we have already tasted of the power and presence of the kingdom of God in Jesus and his ministry and the pouring out of the Spirit, but we are not yet in the new heavens and new earth. So we are living in the time when the groom has come but now is taken away, and then they will fast. 
is what Jesus says of his disciples. Then they will have periods of time where they intentionally limit their, themselves longing for food to remember the longing there to have for the kingdom of God. I'm going to quote here from John Piper, and as I read this quote, I do want to commend to you, if you want to dive deeper in fasting, John Piper's book on fasting and prayer called A Hunger for God is just a wonderful resource here. And so I would commend that to you, John Piper's book, A Hunger for God. He, he writes this on fasting. He says, the context of fasting that Jesus has in mind is longing for the not yet of the kingdom of God. Fasting is a physical exclamation point at the end of sentences we pray. I need you, exclamation point. I want you, exclamation point. I long for you, God, exclamation point. You are my treasure, God, exclamation point. Oh, for the day when you would return, exclamation point. Maranatha, come, Lord Jesus, exclamation point. The heart, then, of fasting is an intensity of longing we are putting our stomach where our heart is to give added intensity and expressiveness to our ache for Jesus. We fast to express our longing or our ache for all the implications of Jesus's power in the present moment that we aren't completely realizing. We long to see people healed. We long to see people saved. We long to see marriages redeemed. You could insert whatever you're longing for. We long to see children who are far from God come back. We long to see a fresh movement of the gospel. We long for that. Therefore, we ask Jesus to come by putting the exclamation point of longing at the end of our desires through fasting. I think that is just such an excellent explanation of why fasting has potency. Why? It's so, so it's the exclamation point of our longings. It also, I think fasting is not only an exclamation point, fasting is often a microscope. It reveals something deeper inside of us. When we limit ourselves from food, when we fast, for instance, from technology, what we find ourselves is is we find ourselves becoming more aware of the crazy hold that our iPhone has on our attention span and on our heart. We weaken its power over us by taking periods of time where we literally set it on the shelf and we say, no, thank you. We fast from technology. We look at food and the material things of the world and we fast from them. I've known people who did a fast from, I'm going to fast from purchasing clothes for a year. That breaks you from the cycle of constant consumption, right? But in particular today, I want to focus a little bit more on fasting as it relates to food and technology, okay? Because I think if there are two areas that people who maybe you haven't fasted ever, maybe you've never done this intentional break for cultivating your spiritual hunger, for putting an exclamation point on your longing for God, I'd want you to start with food and your iPhone. That's the, that's the two grounds where I want to help you step, step toward fasting, And I'm going to give two resources that if you want to dive deeper, I already mentioned one, John Piper's book, A Hunger for God, but also I think Donald Whitney, Donald Whitney has written a number of books on spiritual disciplines, and Donald Whitney, if you simply Google Donald Whitney fasting, Donald Whitney fasting, multiple excellent articles, YouTube videos, on the importance of fasting and on the process of fasting will come up. 
Okay, so that I just think would be, those two would be a great resource for you to think about fasting and prayer. A Hunger for God by John Piper and the resources put out by Don, Donald Whitney or Don Whitney on fasting. In particular, I, I want to help you think through what fasting is as a process, the focus of how prayer happens in fasting, and then give you a really particular call for this fall to consider. So when it comes to food, fasting is just intentionally limiting foods that you have time to pray. You skip a meal not to get more work done. You skip a meal because you want more of God. You want more of his work in your life. And so you don't eat in order to let the hunger you have for food remind you of the greater hunger you can have for God and his work. If you have never fasted before, you've never done it before, I would love you to start with fast from one meal, and in that time frame, make sure you pray on your knees. Now, why did I say that? Well, number one, the one meal, some people are like, oh my goodness, 24 hours, how would I do that? It overwhelms them. So one meal, it, look, people, I know so many people doing intermittent fasting right now. You're telling me you can't skip, you can skip one meal. So it's a fairly easy target, but the reason I say get down and pray on your knees during it is because most people, the temptation is to try to just ignore the hunger by keeping yourself busy, and that's explicitly not the point. The point is not to stop eating, period. The point of fasting is to seek God. So by getting on your knees, you are physically informing your body that your longing for food is actually reminding you of a greater longing for God that we have. So if you've never done it before, skip a meal. I I advocate lunch. I think that's one that people can do fairly easily. Um, And I think breakfast is too easy for people to skip. Frankly, I know so many people just eat, drink coffee, you know, so I don't think it's really a sacrifice to skip a meal you already skip. It might be a sacrifice to skip coffee, but I am not even going to try that. That, I don't even like that I mentioned that. And I, I wish I could retract the words, but this is not an, a podcast we edit. It's just like free-flowing. Oh, man. I do not want to fast from coffee, but maybe I need to now. I will think about it and pray about it. I'm not committing to that, friends. I'm not committing yet. But fast from one meal first. If you've got one meal down, consider fasting for one day per week over the next period of time. I talked about on our last podcast calling you to consider fasting starting on Friday, August 11th, up to maybe the first weekend in September for a fresh work of God in the gospel in Ames at Cornerstone this fall. Well, maybe a way to do that would be to pick a day a week. So I've had really good friends who what they did for a long season in time was they picked Fridays, where every Friday they did not eat dinner on Thursday night, they didn't eat breakfast on Friday morning, and then they got together over Friday lunch hour to get on their knees before God and pray for people to come to Christ. Then they broke that fast with a meal on Friday evening. So there was 24 hours of fasting, but in there there was a punctuated time to pray on Friday around noon. That, that would be one way to do that, is a 24-hour fast where basically you skip dinner the night before, and then you do not eat until dinner the next day, all right? If you've uh, never done it, that's a great way to try it. Try for a month fasting for one day a week. So one meal in a day, that's one way to try it. 
or one day in a week, or you can try a multi-day fast. And this is one thing that I do think you should consider in the multi-day fasts is pairing it with both intentional prayer and intentional silence. Like, I think you in some ways undermine the hunger for God when you try to ignore your hunger through entertainment on your phone and busyness. There's something about silence and solitude that sharpens the hunger that you kind of need. So I I would just advocate for that. Um, Another word on fasting, on how you do it. The Bible tells you, Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6, don't fast like the Pharisees do, who like to make a big deal out of it. You know, they're, they're, they're the people who are fasting. They're like obviously exhausted and hungry. Jesus says, don't make a big show of it, because if the show of it's what you're after, that's all the rewards you get. But instead, go and fast in secret. So I do think that most of the time in fasting, it is a personal act of worship that's done privately before the Lord, and that honestly no one knows about but God, maybe your spouse. Most of the time, fasting is unknown and unseen. But there's also great biblical warrant for many times when there were specific and and needed movements of God that the church or God's people sought, where they intentionally called one another to fast toward a certain end. So think of like Acts 13, where they set aside Paul and Barnabas for the work of the gospel at the church at Antioch. It says they did so after a time of prayer and fasting. So often, prayer and fasting come coupled together with a fresh seeking of a gospel movement from God in the New Testament. So while it is often done privately, there is warrant for corporate calls to fasting and prayer, for intentional seasons where God's people give intentional focus to a sort of sort of prayer that God would work. So I gave you some advice on kind of the how-to, a little bit of the why, And I'm going to give one other note, which is, what about fasting not just from food, but from something else? If there is a something else that you're going to fast from, let me just advocate for fasting from technology in a certain way. The grip that our iPhone has on our souls is so potent. You will never break your addiction to your phone if you don't stop using your phone. So, Here's a couple ways you could fast from technology. Okay, uh, figure out the app on your phone that you are most prone to use and kind of like endlessly scroll through and delete it for a month. That's one way to do it. Um, Another way, Solomon Rexius taught me this one, is set your phone to gray mode. There's a way to actually turn all the color of your phone off, and it's black and white. And I'm just telling you, an iPhone is far less engaging in black and white mode. So pick a period of time, seven days, a month, where you're going to set your phone to grayscale. You will find it is far less attractive for you to grab. That's a way to fast from your phone. So take an app off. Take this, Or how about this one? Pick a 24-hour period of time. If you can't do that long, pick a 12-hour period of time and turn your phone off. I know some of you are listening to this. I know this is going to be true. You're thinking, I don't even know how to do that. I, what turn your phone? What do you try it? Set a time and turn it off, and then in the time you would have used with that phone, with the time you would have scrolled on that app, turn your focus to prayer. Get on your knees before God. 
So there's a couple ways that you could fast from technology. But food and tech, I'm just going to say from my experience, are the two areas of fasting that can have the most immediate impact and benefit. Okay, so there's some background and some maybe helpful hints on fasting, but here's the specific call. Um, Here's what I want to ask people to do, and here's what I'm going to do. And so if you're a friend of mine, uh, you you can hold me accountable to this. Let's not talk about it all the time because it'll make us hungry, but you can hold me accountable to this, is I'm going to start um, fasting this Friday, August 11th. By the time this podcast comes out, that means I'll have had a few uh, days under my belt, about a week. But I'm going to be fasting in particular up to Labor Day weekend. So that's uh, September the 3rd. Uh, and asking God to do a fresh work in the gospel and through the gospel here at Cornerstone. I, I might even... Okay, I'm, I'm changing it. I'm changing the date. I'm going to go longer. I, I want to go to September 10th. Now, why? August 11th to September 10th. Why? Because September 10th is Baptism Sunday at Cornerstone. And I, I want to fast and ask God that there'd be people who would be baptized that September 10th that we prayed for as we fasted and prayed. So, there's a month. I'm not skipping food for a month. Okay, that would, I have not built up any resilience toward that. We're not doing that. But here's what I am going to do I'm planning to uh, fast and pray on Fridays in a particular way. So on Fridays from August 11th up through uh, September 10th, my plan is to, unless there's some wild reason why I cannot do this, on a particular day, I might make a small exception uh, after the Salt Company kickoff on the 24th to celebrate with that team. But uh, I'm going to skip dinner on Thursday, and then I'm going to pray and skip lunch on Friday and pray until I have my normal rhythm on Fridays is to write sermons and then to have family movie night uh, at five o'clock or family make pizza and hang out and play, you know, swipe card games. So up until when I spend that time with my family, I'll abstain from food to cultivate a hunger for God. So that's my plan. Thursday evening to Friday evening, every week, I'll do that. And um, I'll probably throw some other things in there too. But then on a technology side, I think I spend too much time on YouTube uh, because I really like YouTube golf videos. And like, I'm just, I'm, I get curious about how to hit a golf ball or, you know, and so that's a, that's a rabbit hole. You can go very far down on the YouTube and I need a break from that. So I'm going to intentionally from August 11th to September 10th, fast on Fridays and fast from YouTube. I I deleted this morning the app off my phone. Uh, So it's no longer there for this month. So no YouTube. And I'm going to see if if I can survive with that for a month. And why am I doing that? Because I want a fresh work of God to happen in my life and in our church. And I have some very specific people, some specific things that I'm fasting and praying for in this month. But in specific, I'm praying that God would save people 
at Cornerstone Church, that the gospel of Jesus Christ would be proclaimed with a fresh sort of power. And that September 10th, as we gather for Baptism Sunday at Cornerstone, we would look and not say our programs did it or our effort did it, but God did it because we got on our knees and we sought him. So here's the call. Whatever method you want to choose, would you consider joining me in fasting in that month? Would you consider pleading with God for a fresh work? Would you consider allowing the hunger that you feel physically to remind you, to remind you of the great need you have? Let your fasting become the exclamation point this month on fresh prayers for a fresh work of God. Let's pray together, church. Church.